Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, I am technically on a break between season two and season three, which will start back in January, but I didn't want to leave you without mindset honing for the month of December. So I want you to enjoy some of the most popular podcasts from season two, and I hope that it will help you brush up on your mindset skills, and I look forward to being back with new episodes in January. Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, I'm starting this week with a little follow-up from last week. And if you didn't listen yet, no worries, it will basically make sense. So um, last week I talked about Um, fun as a process goal. And I wanted to hold myself accountable and report out of how I did with that goal. And it then is going to lead into our topic this week, which is the power of the pause. Um, Because I... um, I, you'll see that I had to like in my weekend and in sticking to my process goal of having fun and um, really committing to that, I had to sort of act accordingly and in a little bit, not really defend it. You'll see. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of my story. Bad storytelling. All right. So first things first, last weekend, I had a one day agility trial. Two dogs were entered. Moxie's process goal was to have fun because between the communicator telling me she doesn't know how to have fun and between, you know, us struggling as a team and just, you know, this and that and frustration or whatever, like she can't be having fun, right? I mean, like whatever. So I threw all of the other goals out the window. I threw out the goal of her getting her weaves the first time. I threw out um, even like being connected or, you know, even some of those other things that are like super normal for us, throw them all out. There was one goal and that was to have fun. And then with Trip, my goal for him was just miles, you know, just which I guess is maybe kind of a horse term. I don't know. It's just he needs miles. He just needs to walk into a hundred rings. You know, he gets he's such a boy. He gets so distracted and he is not like I said, he's got his January body, <laughs> right? Which is not great for any of us. And um, he just needs miles and conditioning and whatever. Okay, so that was it. And I kept it so simple. So it was a place that I'd never been before. It was a longer drive than I expected. Um, and but the schedule worked out, we got there too early, but we were in the second half of the day. It was lovely. It was quiet. It was great. So I am pleased to report that I kept my process goal of having fun with Moxie and even had to, and I thought this was interesting of me, I guess, right? Doing as I, doing also as I say, um, which is I actually made a plan for when she, and I said when in my plan, for when she missed her weave entrance. 
Because what is not working is like, oh my God, bad dog, bad, you know, like doing all the nagging and all the things, right? And if I wanted to have fun, I couldn't have fun on 19 obstacles and on the 20th be like, oh my God, you're terrible, bad dog, do it again, you know? And so I actually had to make a plan for in case something didn't go the way I wanted it to. And I think that's a really important step that we kind of forget. Like, what is our recovery plan? Like, how are we going to recover when things go wrong? And I don't want any of us, you, me, any of us, focused on the negative ever, right? You know that if you've listened to this podcast for even like 30 seconds, you know that like, you know, I always want to reframe in the positive. I always want to think positive. I want to visualize and all that. However, if we are having a problem, right, we are like Moxie is having an entrance problem. And an entrance for me is really the, you know, first four poles, right? Because you got to like collect, get in, make the first turn. You know I mean? There's, there's like some serious mechanics happening. Um, and so if you're having a problem and you know that you're having a problem or you know that you're working on a skill, it is not, so long as you have the right intention, it is not necessarily a negative to have a plan in case something goes wrong there, right? It was very probable that she was not going to miss her weave entrance. And so in sticking to her, well, I want her to have fun this week. Therefore, what am I going to do about it? That actually with that, the intention behind it is nothing but positive. Because I'm like, okay, she's probably going to miss her weave entrance. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, self, I said, to make sure that you and she walk out of this ring having had a good experience. And so sometimes we have to make plans for plan B, C, D, F, Z, <laughs> however far we have to go. We have to think it through. It's it's not dissimilar to, you know, if you're running agility, you're like, well, I think I can get there for the blind, but if I can't, I'm going to do the rear or whatever. Um, or for other, you know, any other rings or other venues, right? We, it's part of being a good handler is, is trying to, think through the possibilities and be prepared appropriately, right? Not be depressed about it, not be sad about it, but really make a smart plan so that you can stick to your process goals. So again, bringing this all up, A, because I talked about it last week and I think you would, should, should maybe want to know like how it all turned out, but B, there were a couple surprises in there and that was one of them was like, okay, like what's my plan if she doesn't get her, and I, and I actually said when, when she doesn't get her weave pole entries. And so in the first class, um, she did not get her entry. She did her thing where she walks in to the first, you know, between one and two, and then just stands there and stares at me. And I'm like, really, this is your question. And I didn't do anything. I was like, oh, I, but I did it in like in a happy way, not in a like, <laughs> kind of way. So I was like, oh, and then she started to walk. Then I just left. I just walked away. I just like kept walking. And she was like, oh, we're not doing it again. I was like, nope, get back in there. And she like got in and did like the last, I don't know, five, six poles. And then we did the last jump because in both classes, they were second to last obstacle. And, um, and she was kind of like, oh, well, that didn't go horribly wrong. I had a good time. Oh, mission accomplished. And then in the next class in jumpers, we had standard first in jumpers. Um, she did the same thing. And this time I was like, oh, you can do better. But my intention about it and my well, the way I put her back in was with so much, was with fun. Because I, at that point, was so committed and 
loved seeing how happy she was. And so again, it was a second to last obstacle, could have really soured the run for her because she, quote, made a mistake. You know, if, the more you work on something, the more pressure sometimes you put on them. And so bad me, right, that we've worked on these weaves now and there's pressure associated with that. So now it is, how am I going to relieve the pressure and get her to want to do the obstacle? And I'm experimenting, quite frankly. And every person I ask consults, like it weighs in, of course, has a different answer, right? You do this, do that, do this. Oh, this contradicts what you said five minutes ago. Uh. So, um, but we'll get there and we're going to get there when she is confident and having fun and knows that I am there for her, right? And then Trippy did what Trippy was going to do and he just went and had fun and was a crowd favorite and, um, and did all the things and of course the second run he was exhausted so he couldn't possibly pick up his toes um, but it was great we had fun mission accomplished on every level all of my process goals well both really that was it it was simple and we had a great weekend and then we came home we celebrated life was good okay so that's both the roundup of the weekend but also a reminder that a fun can be a process goal like that's a whole goal. That's a whole, just like no is a complete sentence, fun is a complete sentence. Um, and make a plan for when, for a, a recover. I'll call it a recovery plan. May Have a plan for like, what, what are you going to do if your plan A doesn't happen? Or if a skill you're working on, like us in the weaves, like doesn't come to fruition, like it's not your day, right? What are you going to do? And how are you going to support your, um, your goal, right? Your process goal of having, of, in my case, of having fun, or in your case, just making sure the dog has a good experience or whatever else you're working on, right? What's your plan? Okay. All right. So um, that's how my weekend was. That is the, uh, I guess, the part B to last, if last week was part A about like having fun as a process goal. Um, the second part of that, something else happened that I wasn't expecting. And this gets us into this week's topic. And this week's topic is the power of the pause. <laughs> and what I mean by that is taking a beat, like not just reacting, but taking a breath and thinking about how you want to respond. And this is such an important concept. And I think it you can practice it in all aspects, right? If you want to get better at that in the ring or at trials or, you know, maybe outside the gate where someone says something snarky or something, practice it at home, practice it at work, practice it in the grocery store, practice it wherever you need patience and you need to take a pause before you respond, okay? And I think it really is the difference between reacting and responding. I feel like reaction is just it's just that you just it's just almost knee jerk it's just automatic and it might be a version of yourself that you are trying to work on um or um you take a beat and you respond and you think about what you really want to say and do in this situation okay and i think that's really important in training dogs in responding to whatever happens in the ring or doesn't happen in the ring um and what happens outside the ring and my outside the ring example from last weekend was that i um you know saw people i knew of course and even some people that i was training with and one of the people that i train with and i see a lot um she was asking me how old my dogs are and I was like, oh, well, you know, Chirp is five and Moxie's six. And, and she says, she's like, oh, so he's still in, because I had Trip. he's still a novice? 
And it, you know, and it's, it's such a loaded response, right? And so I could have reacted and, you know, and gotten all like mommy defensive and be like, what do you mean? He's still, he's just a baby. He's still five. It's fine. You know, da, 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 da. Like, yeah, he's not far or COVID this or COVID, you know, or whatever. This is why. And gotten all defensive about why my dog is, quote, behind someone else's expectation. Um, and thankfully, I did not do that. <laughs> all of those sentences ran through my head, by the way, all of them. And, um, and I really had to think about how I wanted to respond instead. And I just said, yeah, you know, he's, he's still got, you know, needs a lot of miles and still, you know, very much a baby. And we've had a lot of starts and stops and, um, and that was it. Right. But I didn't react with emotion. I took a breath and I responded with a very constructive answer. And it was true. You know, it wasn't like some like, hang on, I need to make up something. That's not why you pause. You, I paused because I wanted to have a really thoughtful response. This is someone I like a lot. And, um, and she might, the other thing is, is to give the other person the benefit of the doubt that that's not what they meant by that right? That it is surprising to see, you know, a five-year-old dog maybe a novice when she knows and has been in classes with this dog and knows he's farther along potentially than that, right? Whatever. It's fine. Um, so she, um, so if you can assume goodwill, right? Good intent um, with people and not just assume that they're trying to start something or, you know, saying something bad about your dog or anything like that, which actually, thankfully, that didn't cross my mind at all. This is it's a very nice person, very positive person. But I'm going to say like it, it, I could feel welling up in me a reaction. And I knew enough that I didn't, I didn't want to to react like that. Like it, you know, and I, of course, this doesn't happen over the night, right? I mean, I've worked on this. This is, this is, this is, doing the work, right? And, um, but in that moment, um, not only did I feel like I was taking a beat to respond the way I wanted to respond, I was also recommitting to my process goals for that weekend. Because remember, my process goals for that weekend for trip were just put miles on them. And so I was able then to share even like, yeah, I just, I, you know, he just needs to walk into a lot of rings, he gets distracted. We just, we just need to do, do the things, and she's like, yeah, whatever. Like, she doesn't care. She hasn't thought about it. Like, who cares, right? And we think they think the other person is thinking, right? And we think that, oh, that peanut gallery is watching me so closely or these people, that people, you know, whatever, that they're thinking something. Um, when, again, in fact, they might just be sort of casually watching but not really absorbing even what's happening. So we have, we have to, you know, really just take a beat, right? Take a pause. And I think it also works really well in when we're training, when we get, maybe we get frustrated, we're trying something, a sequence or, you know, again, whether it's healing or whatever your, your sport is, you're trying something for the third time and you're frustrated. You're not getting it or the dog's not getting it or somebody, somebody's not getting it. And it's very easy to react and get frustrated or get disappointed or have have feelings, have big feelings about it. And again, I think that if we take a pause 
and a break and even maybe put our dogs up for, you know, put them in a crate or set them in a down for a minute and do a lap around the ring by ourselves or something like that to just clear our head and say like, okay, wait a minute, what's happening? What's going on? What is it? How do I want to respond to the situation? Um, how, what is it? I, what is the experience I want to have? What's the experience I want my dog to have? What is it that I want, you know, if you're at a trial or something, I want, um, you know, others to know or believe about my relationship experience, like whatever the topic is, who's to know. Um, and I think that all comes from just taking a pause and you don't have to count to 20, right? Unless you need to. (laughs) And that's a different thing. Um, and you know, sometimes I've coached people where they're, they, they feel like they're going to see somebody and, um, and I did a podcast a long time ago about toxic people. But, you know, if someone, we've, I've had conversations with, with clients that they're like, okay, well, so-and-so is going to be there. You know, we had this bad experience before. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to, da, da. And you, again, goes back to, you have a plan. You have a plan of even maybe what you're going to say or that you're just going to walk away or, you know, and you just how you want to move through a potential conflict and diffuse it with grace instead of reacting with, you know, big real emotions. And I'm not saying not to have the emotions, go have them, um, you know, go have them, go feel them, go sort through it, you know, feel all the things. But ask yourself, what is the most constructive thing I can do or say in this moment, whether it's to a person who's, you know, triggering you or, you know, pushing buttons on your insecurities, right? Like I'm very insecure about the fact that my, I I do feel like my dogs are behind. I do feel like, you know, COVID hit a lot of people very differently. And um, Trippy even had like an injury that we had to, you know, rehab. And um, so I do feel like we lost time. I do feel like they're behind. So it's very easy for someone to say something very innocent to me and it trigger my own insecurities. All right. But that's not her problem. That's my problem. Right. And so the pause, the power of the pause is to just give yourself some space to sort through what it what those reactions want to be naturally and be like "Mm, no I'm not going to say that Mm, no I'm probably not going to do that Um, and so that you get to the right one okay and so like many things in mental management you know the pause is not only powerful but it's simple but it's hard right it needs to be practiced. You have to practice. And that's why, like I said, in the beginning of this this part of the conversation, like practice in the grocery store, practice, you know, someone runs their cart up the back of you or something. And like, you know, instead of whipping around and swearing all the things at them, you know, maybe you're just like, um, excuse me, you know, or that hurt or give them the benefit of the doubt or something like that. Right. So my point is, that's a terrible example, sorry. But my point is, is is we need to be practicing these kinds of skills wherever we can practice them, right? And I think that the pause, you know, pausing and taking a beat and thinking about how we want to respond is one of those things that can be practiced in all kinds of places, right? In in lines, in retail, uh, you know, talking to customer service people, working our dogs, you know, what if you just paused and just took a beat and then fi- and gave yourself a moment to think through how you need to respond? In most cases, most cases, you don't need an immediate reaction. 
you have time, you know, to pause. And even if you have to say something like, you know, you tried to pause for one second. I don't know, in school, I was, I don't know why I learned this, but it was like, every second was like the word Mississippi. So it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. So even if you need three Mississippis, (laughs) um, before you say something, take them. But you have to teach yourself um, that for that to be where you go, instead of going to reaction. Does that make sense? It's not natural. The natural thing is to react, is to react quickly and to be very responsive in, you know, and just quick. And we want to be quick and and be done with it and say the thing really fast, but that might not be the constructive action. If you take a pause, you might think, nope, I still want to say that, <laughs> or I still want to do that, or you might give yourself the space to think of something better or just walk away. Or, you know, if you're training your dog and this happens, you can think about, okay, you know what, let's go do something else for a minute. And then we're going to come back to this exercise and see if we can get it. Okay. So don't underestimate the power of the pause. This is what I'm trying to tell you this week. And um, see where, I guess my challenge for you this weekend, hopefully you're driving somewhere fabulous, um, but my challenge for you this weekend would be to like practice it, you know, or practice it. If you're driving somewhere, you're going to stop for gas, practice it, you know, when you get gas or practice it, you know, at when you check into the hotel or whatever, whatever, and just think through like, how, what would this situation be like if I just took a beat and thought through what I want, how I wanted to respond and how I wanted this situation to work out, right? And what I wanted as the outcome. And on one hand, you think like, how can I come up with all of those answers? You'd be surprised if you just take a breath and just think about like, oh, wait, like, I really like this person who said this weird thing to me. Like, I want this to work out. Like, I, this is unusual and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Um, And so, or, you know, my dog, I can see my dog's really trying. I wonder why she thinks that that's what I'm asking her to do. Am I cueing it in a weird way? Am I not getting the point across? Do we just need to switch gears? Is she patterning? Like what's going on? And without pausing, you don't have the headspace to think about that. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to pause there. And um, actually, uh, I'm going to introduce one other little kind of related. I'm probably going to come back to it. Um, I might have mentioned I'm reading a book that I like called um, The Gap. Yeah, The Gap and the Gain. And in it, they talk, they have this great story about this, um, you know, having like a mission and a vision and, you know, uh, and it's about it like a rowing team. And this rowing team wanted to like galvanize and I'm, and I'm going to cut all of the story short, right? So I'm not going to do it justice. But they came up with a mantra, this team, and, and for their season and for their training and eating and everything. And they just, they all, all of the, all of the um, team members took on the mantra of, will this make the boat go faster? So in other words, if I eat this Twinkie <laughs> instead of eating, you know, whatever, some really great like lean piece of meat and whatever, um, will that Twinkie make the boat go faster? And they made every decision and they made their tr- like training, eating, sleeping, just all the things. They made all the decisions off of that question. Will this make the boat go faster? And I think that it comes to play when we think about pausing, like will this make the situation better? 
right? Um, will this make um, our relationship better? You know, if you think about what is some of your overarching goals, the biggest goals, those, those decisions I talk about, those things that like have to get done this year, um, or you really just want them to happen this year, is this, is what you're doing in this second getting you closer to that? And I think that it's such a powerful thing. It's such a just, it just, even, even in my mind for me to say now, will this make the boat go faster? Like, I know what that means. Like I can, I could say that, you know, if someone asked me about my dog training, I'm like, this is not going to make the boat go faster. And they're going to be like, where's this boat you speak of? Like, what are you talking about? But in terms of a metaphor, like I would get it, right? But if that doesn't click for you, because of course you haven't listened to the book yet, maybe, um, think of what is the thing that you want so badly. Like, will this help me get to nationals? Will this, you know, help me run faster? You know, will this help me be a better teammate? Like, what is the overarching question you want to ask yourself? And then I think it helps give you motivation and discipline and the urgency to put your mental skills into like that you you have you agree that you have to practice them right that they don't just come that you actually have to put the same focus on them as you do your handling skills um like just what is the thing for you that what is the thing that will make your boat go faster so i'm leaving you with that this week um I really want you to think about the power of the pause and think about when you can do that and think about how pausing can, quote, make your boat go faster um, because it allows you to think. It allows you to make a really good choice. It allows you to respond in a way that will make the boat go faster. Okay, so that's it for me this week. As always, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs wherever you are off to, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.